are on episode two of the podcast. I'm so glad you came back to join us for the second episode. This is an interview with Haley James. She is an incredible, fierce mama who is just so humble and powerful and all the things. And she shares so much wisdom this episode. So I'm really excited for you to take a listen. I know you'll just get a lot of good help here and a lot of good support. So let's take a listen. All right, y'all. So I'm so excited to have Miss Haley James on the podcast today. Like so excited. She's like the epitome of a faithful mom boss. So I'm really excited to have her on here. She's a hustler. She's a woman of God. She's determined and she is exceptionally also gorgeous to round all that out. She's a wife, a mama, and a career woman. And she's also a beauty blogger. If you could just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself briefly before we just hop into the conversation. All right. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here to talk all things mamahood, careerhood, beauty. I, I'm excited to talk about it all because I talk about it all all the time anyway. So <laughs> so like you said, I am a mid 30 something. I'm 35. I don't mind sharing. Born and bred in Houston, Texas. I have been doing all those things, like you said, for quite some time. I've been blogging on and off for probably the last eight or nine years. I've been in my career 10 years next summer. I've been married five years next month. And my son will be three in February. So definitely reaching a lot of different milestones and all the different things that I do. And uh, yeah, just I enjoy I enjoy having my plate full, but sometimes it's a lot to eat. You know how that goes. So, <laughs> I say sometimes you got to scrape some stuff off. Yeah, you got to, I mean, I'm definitely in the season of learning that for sure. But um, yeah, just I just feel really blessed to, to be in these spaces because there are things that I prayed for. And so, you know, sometimes when you look back on the prayers that you pray, and look at what's come to fruition. You know, you can definitely fix your mouth to complain about some things because sometimes, you know, it gets heavy, but but also looking back on, on how God has blessed you, I think that's um, a humbling woman as well. So yeah. that's me, like you said, wife, mom, career woman, blogger, and definitely child of God, definitely, definitely child of God. And being all those things has definitely strengthened and deepened my walk with him in many, many ways. Oh, I love it. Okay, I can't wait to talk more. Yeah. And I love how you said about how we can we can easily focus on some of the struggles or the hard things because I think that's naturally how we're like biologically wired because we're wired to like for survival to protect ourselves and so yeah. it's that kind of renewing of the mind which, is, which the scripture talks about which is refocusing your thoughts on good thoughts and gratitude right. and you just open up the you open up the space for just more blessings so just absolutely go the go the gratitude route <laughs> so it's, it's so important it's so important it's better that way so just to just jump right into the the trenches of motherhood, has there mm-hmm. been a moment in your motherhood journey there where you were kind of questioning God and being like, what the heck are you doing right now? Like, because I feel like that's a normal thing and it's okay to have those yeah. moments. So can you think of a time like during your motherhood journey where you, you were feeling like that? Yeah. So definitely the very beginning, because I, you know, obviously I only have one child, so this is my first time having a child. And so, you know, the sleepless nights, the breastfeeding, just all the new things. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, one thing about me in life is I like to talk to people before I do something new, because I'm not really good with the unknown. I, I'm not good with that <laughs> at all. Actually, it, it really piques my anxiety. So, you know, Insert I felt faith. I, yeah, you know, right. Right. And so, you know, I, ta- I felt like I talked to all the moms and and just, you know, what to expect. And then, and and it's funny you say faith because I felt like I had all these things to have in mind. And then those sleepless nights comes, the breastfeeding struggles comes, um, just the hormonal up and downs. And then, you know, ultimately going back to work. And I just felt like it was a a whirlwind. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I was questioning God as to, okay, should I have been a mother? Did I make the right choice to have a child? But I was just lost, you Mm -hmm. know? And so I was just like, Lord, I, there's all these things going on around me. I'm a motherhood. I'm a mother. I got to go back to work in four months. Like, (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. I think I feel like I should, you know what I mean? And so 
that was definitely a time that I questioned God for direction. But like you, faith, what you just said was big because that was what was missing. I felt, you know, I felt like I was yeah. doing all the things, getting all the advice, reading all the manuals, <laughs> up on Google late night, trying to figure out this and that out, getting devotionals, which is great. But just that missing piece of actual, real, active faith. I was so lost in just the adjustment to motherhood that just, just the simple mustard seed, active faith. I I lost that. I really did. I, yeah. And that's why I was so crazy for a while. And, and I think that's a struggle for mine in general, just when motherhood gets tough, I, I get lost in all the things again and, and what's pressing, what's due, what I got to take care of, you know? And I, sometimes I forget to take a step back and just be like, Lord, you, this is a space that you put me in to this very second. I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. So May, I need to have some faith in you that I don't have to be perfect in this space, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm a little weak and I do need you and I need you to carry me through and I need to have faith that you will, you know? So, yeah. um, so definitely the beginning of motherhood and then just when motherhood and like work get busy balancing, I would say that's, I, I, I always have a time where I have to step back and question, not question God, but just get back centered with God because I, right. I, start to lose myself, you know, and that's definitely something that I'm actively working on as I work to balance. Yeah. I think a lot of moms can relate to that. I mean, I sure can to all of what you said. I think, you know, that it's that gap that is, as far as what causes the stress, it's this expectation of who you think you should be or who you think you are going to be. Mm-hmm. And then the reality of that. And then that's where the stress is created because it's like, right. wait, these two things don't align. Like where I thought this was going to go, it's not. Right. And so I think that's one thing I wish I would have known more in my motherhood journey beginning is that just to kind of go with what happens and not expect things to go exactly what you thought or how you pictured them. And just exactly. like, let it be a journey with God. Like, God, I trust you. I know that whatever is going to come next you've got my back. It may be hard, but I know you're with me right. and like re- really like redefining how you think about those things. So I'm yeah. glad you shared that. Cause a lot of, a lot of mamas, I yeah. think struggle with that. Absolutely. And speaking of that, you know, I think too, it comes back to a lot of like, especially like, I feel like career moms in a lot of instances, like we we're pretty driven and ambitious. And so like, we have all these goals. And so we're like internally setting all these personal goals. And then we're, we want to meet them. And we have like this perfectionism issue sometimes. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit offline about how, Sometimes what happens with motherhood is that it really causes or forces you to face some things that maybe you haven't dealt with mentally or emotionally, um, Mm -hmm. because like, there's not, there's not a lot left and like, you're pushed to the limit. Like, so it's like, everything rises to the surface. Yes. <laughs> it's like yes. everything's got to come out because it's yeah. like you're pushed so hard. So could you share a little bit about what motherhood brought out that maybe are, were some things that you needed to go ahead and deal with? And it may be related to what you just talked about. Too, yeah. Could you share about that. So for sure, the perfectionism and that's been a struggle for me all my life, you know, and not, and it's not like perfect. Like, I don't know. It's, I guess, like you said, it's your version of what perfect looks like. Right. You know, I've been, I thrive off of being good at things, being strong at things. I am a very driven person. And so one of the things that I've learned in motherhood is that, you know, who I am at work in terms of how driven I am, how aggressive, how much of a go-getter I can be, even with blogging and in my brand, like those types of characteristics may not have a place in motherhood all the time, because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to always be, I can go and do and do this and do that and be good at something at work and then come home and work so hard to be good at something in motherhood and and not be great at all. (laughs) Then I'm let down because I'm, you know, I'm used to being great at something here. And then when I'm not great at something there, I just feel like such a failure. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. So the perfectionism definitely is something that motherhood brought out, you know, and, and I, I think we all maybe, well, a lot of us may feel this way when we think about our moms, but when I look back at like my mm-hmm. first example of a mom, my mom, she was perfect. Like I look back and I know I'm looking at a child's perspective and then right. an adult, teenager, whatever, but I'm just like, I just never felt like my mom failed, you know, she wasn't she, nothing, right? Nothing. Like, yeah. so my mom was a stay at home mom for 10 years. She didn't go to work until my, my little brother was in kindergarten. So at that time mm-hmm. I was in fifth grade. So until I was 10 years old, I had this, you know, the house was never seriously. The house was rarely a mess. Same. The clothes were always together. Food was always on the table. And, and granted, she was working at home, so she didn't have that balance to do. But even when she went back to work, there was no a lot. Yeah. And so I'm just like, how was she able to do that? And I, that was another thing I, I set 
going back to setting this bar that may not even be relative or relevant to you. I think I set a bar of motherhood in my perspective of my mother, you know, Mm -hmm. and times are just totally different now. I'm, I'm not starting off 10 years at home. I'm, I have a very demanding career. You know what I mean? That involves travel at times and all that sort of thing. You know, my husband has a pretty demanding career as well. So it's, it's just a different dynamic that I've learned. I cannot compare the two, you know, so perfectionism, comparison and anxiety too, because I'm open with, with saying that I, I have some anxiety issues. Um, I had it before motherhood. And so, and it's not something that's been clinically diagnosed or anything like that, but it's something that I have spoken with a therapist before about. Right. And I, I just know my, I'm, I know my own triggers. I know what can get me just really ramped up about some Mm -hmm. things and uh, motherhood being just the biggest unknown. Like I said, I don't like unknowns, right? The unknown (laughs) is a trigger for my anxiety a lot of times. So motherhood being a huge unknown space is another thing that's dug up just my issues with anxiety and, and going back to faith, you know what I mean? And going back to trusting God. And am I even talking to God about these concerns that I have, or have I already Mm -hmm. made up in my mind about what it's going to be and what it is and how it's going to end. So I would definitely say comparison, perfectionism, and, and anxious thoughts. Those are three things that motherhood has magnified for me and has brought to my, you know, it's, it's brought me back to center, if you will, or, mm-hmm. or I have to go back to center often, which is God, because when I notice myself trying to do things on my own strength, that's when I get a little <laughs> off, yeah, not a like, little, a lot off. Yeah. I know. mean, as awesome as we are, it's just not <laughs> quite, <laughs> no, that was all just really really juicy and really good. Um, a couple of things I want to touch on, which I think, again, a lot of people can relate to because I know I can, is that comparison to your mom. And that can't, that might not be everybody. Like everybody doesn't have a positive right. mother experience growing mm-hmm. up, but I know that I did too. Uh, my mom was kind of like a hybrid, like you, like there was long stretches where she was a stay at home mom because mm-hmm. my father was in the military. Mm-hmm. And then like, I remember her starting to work and be a preschool teacher and all of that. So, but I just, I really do not remember anything like being out of place. I don't remember not eating a hot meal. Right. Like I don't remember like just not feeling loved. Like my mom was, she's a, she has a very servant heart anyway. So mm-hmm. it's like, she was always like putting us above herself. And like, I remember she would just bring us little trays of snacks. Like, it's like I'm, a, I'm like, oh my gosh, like looking back and like you were, I'm not like that exactly. Yeah. And there's elements of her that I do see in myself as a mom, mm-hmm. um, like the very compassionate and caring side, but there are also elements that I'm like, I don't do that. Right. You are not your mom. That's right. Say it again. You are not your mom. Like it's okay to try to pull things from them that you liked and enjoyed, but you're, this is your own journey. Right. And like Haley said, like circumstances are not the same. Like I don't, who knows what your mom had on her plate too. And I'm sure like, you know, if it was a good story, then like she fought and had to do like a lot too, but it's like, it's just not, just don't compare. Yeah. There is no comparison. You're on your own walk and your own journey for sure. Right. And then, yeah, the perfectionist piece, like <laughs> you can't be a perfect mom. So you just got to let that one go. <laughs> you just gotta let it go. You just got to, and just giving yourself grace. I think that if I've, if someone was to ask me like, what season of motherhood am I in or spiritual, maybe we're going to ask, I may be ahead of you, but giving myself grace, like that's where I'm yeah. actively in right now, because I think that's the other side of perfectionism, you know, is mm-hmm. great because clearly grace has to be given when something doesn't go quite as planned or, or perfect. And just being okay with the fact that, Haley, you're not going to know everything, you know, yeah. Haley, he might fall down. He may get sick. It's going to be okay. It's not your fault, you know, or you and your husband may get your schedules twisted up and there might it be miscommunication. Yep. It's going to be all right. The kid is going to survive, you right. know, you're going to survive. So <laughs> that's really where God has placed me right now is this season of comparing the type of grace that was given on the cross to us giving that same sort of grace to myself in this new space of motherhood. Like that was the bar for grace. Right. And that was a big, big type of grace, you know? So why, if if Jesus can give us, if God can give us that type of grace through what he did through his son on the cross, why can't we give ourselves even an inkling of that type of Mm. grace in the things that we are struggling with motherhood being the one of topic right now. So that that's where I'm at right now with that. um, Because it was getting kind of heavy and I was getting kind of crazy. You better preach. You better (laughs) preach over there. Um, So, 
you know, it's all, it made me think too, that it's almost like, it's almost like disrespectful to what he did on the cross when it's like, we're not accepting of the grace. Like I right. did this so that you weren't trying to do everything on your own strength or that right. you weren't trying to be so hard on yourself for every little thing. And like, here you are over here striving and struggling. Right. Striving and I've already done right. all the work for you. Right. So, so, done. so why, why sis, why are you doing that to yourself? Come over There's to the side. Yeah. Right. So God is really, really, really working with me with that. And it's, it's been a good, it's been good place to be a really good place. And yeah. one thing my mom always says is that every day is not going to be the same. Like she had to tell me that pretty early on when I was having my struggles. That's good advice. Every day is not going to be the same. I'm very structured. I'm a planner. <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, I like the known, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So, What's this going to look like today? Yes. And I can do that at work. A lot of times scheduling meetings. I know, mm-hmm. you know, work schedules are way out 18 months in advance. I mean, yeah, there's some change, but you still have a pretty good idea of what, idea. You're, you know, yeah. what you're doing. Motherhood is not like that. So that, <laughs> that is, that has been a huge adjustment and something that I'm still working on too. But I hear that all the time. Every day is not, not going to be the same. So really understanding that and accepting that. And, and with that, give yourself grace for the days that things happen and you have no idea what you're going to do or how to handle it or how to address it. That's okay. And so that's yeah. the self that I've been giving myself here recently. Yeah, I think that's good because I know for me, like I remember some of the hardest moments like mentally was like when my kids would get sick and this is like when I was going back to work because then it was like, like it would immediately ensue panic within my whole being. What am I going to do? Am I going to be able to get everything done? Didn't I have a meeting today? I was supposed to have a training today. I was supposed to read this call. I was supposed to do this and that. And it's like, so now for me, like God's been working with me now that like, you don't, what is, what, what good is that to like go down that tunnel? Like it does not serve you in any way to start panicking. Right. Take a step back. This is not a surprise to God. Yeah. Co-labor, like, which is what Paul talks about co-labor with God and the Holy spirit Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. what you need to focus on today how you need to prioritize taking care of your child. And maybe you might have a couple of minutes here and there to check your email or do whatever, but like, just fall back, (laughs) surrender it all. Yeah. Know that you're okay. And just co-labor with God to figure out what you're going to do next. And there's so much peace that comes with that when you shift into that perspective versus allowing all of these thoughts to like, send you down a spiral of anxiety of panic that you just don't want to be in. So I'm glad you shared that too. And the other thing that you touched on, you touched on a lot in that response, but like you mentioned this earlier when you were introducing yourself that you were a child of God. And I think that one reason that motherhood is so beautiful as a follower of Christ is that because everything, a lot of the things that you probably haven't dealt with mm-hmm. and healed through rises to the surface, he, uh, the, the motherhood component allows God to like do a work in you to kind of like shave off all of your identity that was rooted in performing yeah. or be, you know, excelling at work because sometimes we can get our identity rooted in that. Yes, we can. Um, or whatever it may be that's outside of solely having your identity rooted in Christ. Mm-hmm. So he's mm-hmm. like, let's, let's use this time because all things work together. Right. So he's like, let's that's use this good. time yeah. of transformation to like mm-hmm. knock out all of the, all of the, the yucky stuff. That's not of yeah. him and like really fully propel you into knowing who you are in Christ and that being your identity alone. Right. In him so, alone. so I love that you shared that. So we could talk about that. Yeah, I think you kind of already answered my question about how you would encourage other moms. Really, I think it's kind of the grace piece that you talked yeah. about too. Yeah. So I won't go into that too much right now, but I do want to talk about what your struggles were when you were pregnant. And if you're okay with sharing this, I know you had some complications. Mm-hmm. If you could just talk about like briefly, just share like what that was like, how God met you in that moment and how you would encourage other moms who are going with any, who are dealing with anything like similar medically wise during right. pregnancy, because that can be very scary. Yes, it can be very serious. So yeah, I'm so open with sharing this. I feel like women need to talk about the things that we deal with reproductively often because a lot of women suffer in silence or they just suffer in the unknown. And I'm always very open with my story, but, um, I got married in 20 December, 2016. So in February, 2017, I was diagnosed with uterine fibroids. And at the time um, I have a a doctor who I just absolutely love. She's um, a a woman of God as well. She's an African-American OBGYN, which was important to me because Mm -hmm. I just felt like she'd be in tune with certain things that are, you know, with my body and how my body reacts to certain things, things that we're more prone to. So uh, she's like an auntie to me and I absolutely love her. Um, But she, when we first diagnosed, because I 
I was not symptomatic with them, she was like, you know, I don't think you necessarily need to have surgery to remove them, but just know that if you're thinking about getting pregnant, you know, these are the complications that could arise in pregnancy. She was like, or they could not, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the thing about fibroids. And if anybody else has them, you know, you really don't know what they're going to do, especially in pregnancy. You know, I know women that have fibroids and had no issues. I know women that had issues worse than I did. So it's just really kind of a toss up. So um, that's February 2017. We get pregnant in May of 2018. And um, at that point, I had five fibroids. I still do have five fibroids, but two of them were on the larger side. And so when you're pregnant, the hormones start rushing to the uterus and the blood. And that is like, you know, soul food, okay, for fibroids. They (laughs) they just feed you. So I had two of them to grow pretty large. I think they were right at eight or nine centimeters each. Mm-hmm. The other three grew as well, but not quite like that. And those two were on the bottom of my uterus. So I was okay in the beginning. I was just getting bigger, faster. But then at 20, no, 17 weeks, I experienced something called fibroid degeneration, yeah. which is a very painful, very, very painful it's almost like the muscle, the, the uterus is having a heart attack. That's how my, my OBG explained it to me because yeah. the blood vessels, there's like a battle between blood baby and the fibroid when it Oof. comes to blood and blood supply. And of course the baby's going to always win. So what was happening is in those, each of those two larger fibroids, because I had them in both, the blood supply was getting cut off. And so you would think that would that's a good thing. Good thing, right? It yeah. kind of is. And I'll explain that later. But what happens is that as it's, as the blood is coming off, just like when you have a heart attack, the blood is not getting to the heart. Mm-hmm. It starts to, it starts to contract and it kind of starts to trip out a little bit. So, um, I, I mean, the worst pain, three episodes of degeneration, the last one ended me, um, in the hospital at 22 weeks, I think. Wow. And I was having, to, I was, I was having contractions actually, because of that, I had to get some shot that, elevated my heart rate and made me want to run off a building. It was just the worst experience. Oh, just, it just, and they told me really? that make you feel jumpy, but I had to stop the contractions because that's one thing that can happen sometimes with fibroids is um, preterm labor, depending right. on where you are. So that experience was wild. I did not have any more of that. It's usually in the second trimester that it happens. So didn't have any more of that, but I was told around that time that I would have to have a C-section. Yeah. So, and I, I had to switch from my OBGYN that I love so much out to high-risk specialists at Texas children. So all of this is going on. It's my first pregnancy. <laughs> I already scared. Again, y'all remember, I don't like the unknown, right? So first pregnancy, I'm in the midst of that being pregnant for the first time. And then these fibroids are doing their do doing it. And it just really, I mean, that was definitely a time where, you know, me as this structured planner, kind of control enjoying person, (laughs) you know, I just had to, I mean, God really was like, okay, so what you going to do? You know, are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust that this is in my hands? Because sis, you don't know what's going on with your body. Every day is something new with these fibroids. They just told you you're going to have to have a C-section. All this is real unknown stuff for you. Okay. Yeah. Where you're not comfortable. So are you ready to trust me now? And I remember like the day hearing from my OBGYN that she wasn't going to be able to provide my care anymore because I, what happened is, is because of where the fibroids were, I was a bleeding risk for, they already could tell that I would be a bleeding risk in my C-section. And so I live out in Katy, which is a suburb of Houston. And while the care is great out there, she just wasn't for sure that they would have the blood team that they needed because the team is shared between three hospitals, um, three suburban hospitals that she wanted me in the medical center at Texas children's where for sure the staff was going to be there, the supply was going to be there. So it was a great decision. And at the end of the day, I'm so glad she was humble enough. Yeah. I can see why you love her. I mean, and yeah, she's amazing. that to be yeah. have the humility to know that I want you to have the best care. And like, I yeah. know that it would be better if you went here. Like that's, yeah. a, that's a good OB for that, you. It was so great. You know? So I loved my experience out at Texas children's. It was great. I ended up having a smooth delivery, no bleeding issues, but just, you know, that whole from 20 weeks until 38 weeks and six days, it was a huge unknown because I yeah. knew that, you know, that was, she prepped me and she was like, you know, this is what could happen. It may not happen, but I want you to be, she always, 
always wants you to be informed, you know, but the good right. thing about the thing about being informed is you, for me, that gives you something to worry about. <laughs> you yeah, know what it's I mean? more outcomes that right. like, now I got to, cause now with like our personalities, which I'm similar to that now we're like going ahead and like creating, okay, if this outcome happens, this is what it's going to look like. This right. is how I'm try to handle it. And it's like, that's just yeah. one more tangent. <laughs> like, exactly. So sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good, but mm-hmm. you know, everything by God's grace worked out good. And I, I'm actually in a similar space now as we think about having another baby next year, oh. you know? So God, God is calling me back to that same place. You know, yeah. what are you going to do? Are you going to trust me? You know, are you going to worry yourself to death? Are you going to get scared and not have the second baby? You know, right. so um, just that whole experience was certainly, again, God calling me back to center, which is him. And when yeah. it comes to trust, when it comes to faith, when it comes to um, getting out of my own head and really Philippians 480, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All the good thoughts and the, and the positive thoughts. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that, that experience, and I share, you know, my experience with, with women all the time because fibroids can be very unpredictable, you know what I mean? And so I, I have, they're larger now. So I'm heading into a second pregnancy potentially with a little bit larger, but calcified fibroids. And what that means is because those generated, they kind of died in a way. Yeah. So they won't grow in my second pregnancy, but they'll still be there. They'll still be there taking up space. Yeah. So I may, you know, <laughs> So, you know, they could just be uncomfortable. I may not have that generation issue. Um, you know, I feel better kind of going into it because now I know what to expect. Versus yeah. time. So there's that kind of silver lining in a will in a way. But but yeah, it was just a very, you know, it, it was a very interesting experience to have this pregnancy that wasn't perfect. I mean, I guess no pregnancy is perfect, but I had those complications. Mm-hmm. And then to have my choice taken away about a C-section versus vaginal. Oh, it, it, yeah. you know, and I knew that when, when she first told me about fibroids, she told me there was a heightened risk for a C-section, especially where, where mine were. But just to hear at 20 weeks, it's like, I'm not even, it's not 30 weeks, it's not 36 weeks, which is when a lot of women end up finding out they need a C-section. It was pregnancy. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of hard, you know, and I'll never be able to have a vaginal birth. So just being able to yeah. process that, you know, but- but I think about that. I'm like, well, I was able to bring a healthy child here. My yes. child is so healthy and so strong and I can do it again because I don't have the fibroids that get in the way of my fertility. Thank God. Yeah. Um, so again, this is maybe the negative, but we're going back to the positive, you know, yes, you've got a situation you're dealing with, but what has God blessed you with in the midst of that, mm-hmm. you know, being blessed with my fertility, being blessed with the ability to bring a child here. That's what I focus on instead of, oh, I can't birth vaginally. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a letdown, but it's, God still gets the glory, even in my C-sections. I had a great recovery. I was getting my yeah. hair done in two weeks later, <laughs> you know, seriously, you know, and I I'm not a classical, you know, C-section because right. of my fibroids, you know, so God in the midst of tough stuff, God still gets the glory. And that's something that I have to tell myself um, when, when things get tough, when things get yeah. scary, you know? Well, thank you for sharing that. I think it's important that you shared that because it's very common Mm-hmm. Um, I dealt with fibroids too. Um, I won't get into my story too much because I can share that later, but I, the mm-hmm. same placement, one of mine grew to like 11 centimeters at the mm-hmm. bottom, which, yeah. is where you, which is where you need to deliver the baby. Right. It's like of all places, this thing has to be. Well, I was going to be been up top <laughs> to the side. You had to be right there. Huh? Right there. So yeah, it is very common. And then just the, again, it kind of comes back to this expectation. Like you want that like picture perfect vaginal birth. And then it's like, you find out you don't have it, but like you said, God uses it for his glory. And then it helps you support other women that have to face mm-hmm. C-sections and you can like encourage them and tell them you're going to be fine. Like, here's how yeah. the recovery is going to look like. Yeah. You'll be back on your feet. Like, you know, all of these things. And so I think that's important to, to talk about. And I mean, I've had other friends, even other women of color who've had fibroids and been mm-hmm. hospitalized. It's very common. Um, and it can yeah. cause an array of different issues for different people. So I'm glad you shared that. And I'm also glad you shared like the practical application of God's word. Like you talk about Philippians four, eight, like you, it gives you the choice to think on those things of whatever are pure, whatever of good report, whatever things are lovely. So it was like, let me shift my thinking on that. The practical application of my faith versus just getting in the spiral again. Yeah. Cause that's what it's going to be. It's going to spiral. And like you said earlier, how does that benefit? How does getting yourself into a spiral of negative thoughts? What does, when you get out of that space and look back at what you just did, it's like, what, what did that panic attack? You know, I know some panic attacks come on, you can't control it, but right, right. the ones that you kind of can, what did that serve? Except for a Nothing. waste of energy. <laughs> a waste of your thoughts. A waste yeah. Of energy. yeah. Okay. I want to get into 
all the things that you're doing right now with like the blog and the platform. So what made you even want to start blogging? And then I know like you've really taken it a lot more seriously. It seems like in the last year of yeah. being consistent with your blogging and like building a social media presence and a brand and a platform there. So can you kind of explain what your why is for that and what led you to doing that? Yeah. So when I started off back in 2013, I believe that's when I started the first one. It was, it was, an, I was actually, so like you mentioned earlier, I love all things beauty. I come from a family of women who are, you know, just love being beautiful. They love, I was always taught, Aww. you know, present your best self, even if you don't feel your best self. Mm-hmm. I probably wore makeup earlier than most <laughs> girls are allowed to, you they know. Beat at eight. Yeah, I had an aunt, two, two of my aunts for Mary Kay consultants. So just they oh, were yeah. all things beauty all the time. And so um, at first it just started me wanting to try, just wanting to share my opinions on different things that I was using, makeup, hair, skincare, whatever it would have been. So that's when I first started the Instagram, it was called Faith, Love, Beauty, which kind of put together all the things that I was into, faith, love, and beauty. I just met my husband in 2013. So I was in love Mm -hmm. and, you know, all those things. Um, (laughs) And so so it really just started off on Instagram, um, reviewing beauty products, giving my thoughts on beauty products. And then I started blogging. Um, I had different kind of realms of blogging. I was blogging on beauty. And then when I got engaged, I started shifting my blogs to like um, planning, wedding, wedding planning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was doing some of that too on the side. Um, So talking about those things and then the beauty aspect of it, getting prepared for your big day and just things to look out for when booking a makeup artist, all that kind of stuff. And then I took a break because I was getting ready to take a test at work. And so it was a lot going on with that, you know, a lot going on with acclimating to marriage. Um, I didn't want to do the wedding planning stuff as much just because it was pretty taxing. So I still do it here and there for people that I know, but not not in the way that I thought I was going to do it. Cause it's just mm-hmm. a lot. It's just, it's, it's a great experience. It's just a lot of work and my own nine to five is a lot too. So just balancing yeah. that is always a thing. Um, and so here recently I, when I had Camden and kind of got into this motherhood space, yeah, it became really important for me to create a niche because, you know, they always say when you're blogging, like find your niche, find your mm-hmm. niche. And even though I still love beauty, I was a married woman, you know, I was further in my career at that point. Yeah. I was a mom. So I didn't want to just talk about beauty products anymore. I wanted to give myself the space to do that if I was really right. interested about something. But that's what made me create I Am Haley J and start working on it about this time last year. And then I launched it in February because I wanted, I created the niche is me. You know, so I didn't find this, you know, it wasn't beauty. It wasn't mother. You know, it's, it's all those things because Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, millennial women, millennial mothers, we're all those things. We're wives, we're moms, we're, you know, entrepreneurs, business women. We love beauty. We love travel. We love home decor. I I just wanted a space where many women could come and maybe, maybe you don't wear makeup. So maybe my beauty posts don't matter, but you're a mama. So my mom posts will matter, or maybe Mm -hmm. you're not, maybe you're not married. So maybe my marriage posts won't matter, but maybe you do love beauty. So you like, you know, so I wanted, I wanted to be able to reach many different women. I didn't want to be so niched to where only certain types of women will be into what I have to say, you know? So that was, um, that was important to me. And then just, I've always been into photography. So I stepped it up with getting professional photography this time around and, um, just getting into all the things. I, I really feel like this space of where we are in 2020, 2021 with, you know, social media and being able to create a blog and a brand. It's just what you can do now is just so crazy, like collaborating yeah. with brands and just things like that, you know, awesome. compared to where it was, you know, when I first started out in 2013. So that's what got me started. And that's what keeps me going. It ebbs and flows, to be honest, because like yeah. I said, work gets busy or if motherhood gets busy, then sometimes, you know, I'll go some days without posting. Like right now I need to get some content up on the blog. So it ebbs and flows, but I've been okay with being okay with that. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't want to be, I'm not an full-time influencer blogger, you know, so I don't have yeah. to turn out every day. It's that's not the goal. Um, but the goal is to turn out meaningful um, and, and purposeful content, you know? And so when, when that comes, that's, that's when you see my presence, you know, on the blog or on my, on my Instagram account. Yeah. I love that. Um, so many props to you for, for creating that and doing that. And I just, what I love personally, <laughs> not that this is about me, but <laughs> what I love personally about what you share and what you post is that it, it reminds me of kind of like redefining what the mom looks like today, like, right. 
Like, it's not like, which we, I mean, like I have most of my days, I'm not looking put together. Okay. Let me tell you, but there are days when you can step into that fierceness and get dolled up and get beautified and feel like you're in a high fashion magazine and just like come with the fierceness and you're still a a loving, caring mom. Like it's both. And like, both. And for me, like personally, one of those big things for me is like in the fitness realm, like I can still Mm -hmm. take care of myself. I can still like the body that I see in the mirror, but I can still prioritize my health and still also be a great mom. And so I love that aspect of what you bring to the table. It's like redefining this is what what moms look like. (laughs) So important too, like, you know, and I know self-care is so trendy to talk about now, but really self-care is so important as motherhood because as a mom, because we spend so much of our time giving, giving Mm -hmm. to our kids. And, you know, if we're married, giving and supporting to our husbands. And, you know, a lot of times we find, even now I have to make sure I, you know, go get my nails done. I don't go, that's something I like to do. So don't go two months without it, Haley, because then I'll look down and I'm just mad because my nails are terrible, (laughs) you know, or my hair, just whatever. I mean, those are things that I enjoyed prior to being a wife and prior to being a mom. And just because you you know, elevate into these different roles don't mean you have to forget everything about who you were before. And so I, that was important. And that is important through my, through my blog and just, you know, what I like to give to women because yeah, we have to balance and sacrifice now, but you don't have to balance and sacrifice everything. Right. This isn't a full sacrifice of your whole Right. Life. Right. You <laughs> can big one, but things, you know, if you want to, mm-hmm. even if you're just working, sometimes I'll make put on some makeup and just to work at home because it makes me feel good. It feels good. You know? mm-hmm. I'm tired of looking like how I do five days out of the week when you know <laughs> when I'm around here. So I may, you know, bump it up. But I think it's important for women to do what whatever it is that right. makes you feel like you, that makes you feel good. Don't give that up just because you're a mom. You know what I mean? Yeah. You may not do it as often or to the same exactly. extent. Exactly. You know? But don't just lose yourself in motherhood. And mm-hmm. I hear so many moms. It's funny. My, my grandmother's 94. And when I first told, well, she's 94 now. She was, I guess, 90 around the oh. time that I was pregnant. And when I told her I was having a baby, she, she's got nine kids, nine living kids. My, my dad's one of nine. And one of the things that she told me, I'll never forget it. She said, don't let that baby make you lose yourself. Mm-hmm. She told me that. And I will never forget it. Don't let that baby let, make you lose yourself, you know, still be you. And I, I, I just took that away. And so I remember that now, like when my balance gets a little Mm -hmm. bit off, you know, that just because I had a baby, just because I have a child doesn't mean I have to lose myself in this motherhood that I can't know and love myself and the things that I used to do prior to motherhood, prior to marriage. I can, there's, there's a way to make it all fit. I just have to be creative now into fitting it all together. Yeah. It might look a little different. And I think that's the thing too, like, like you have to be a little bit more open-minded about how it will look like. For me, it's not, I was able to work out a ton before my kids. And now, mm-hmm. I mean, I, st- I work out now it's like four days a week, sometimes five, if I can get yeah. that in, but it's yeah. still, it's still, I'm still getting results. So it's yeah. like, it, doesn't look, it doesn't look exactly the it's same, fine, but it's still fine. It yeah. It works for me. And I like how you talked about like, it's what's for you. Like a lot of the times it tends to be some things that you did before you had a baby that you kind of let go of. And that was working out for me. And then right. I noticed like when I had a baby, I was like, I don't move anymore. Yeah. And like, that was a big part of myself. So, and then sometimes it may be something new that you've discovered that you right. might, that lights you up, that you might enjoy, like figure mm-hmm. out how you can make time for it. And the other thing I want to comment on that you talked about it, like what your grandmother said, which is really good advice. It's, it's hard advice to understand before you become yeah. a mom. Cause you're like, it okay, is. I mean, I kind of get it, but like, once you become one, then you start to see why they gave yeah. you that advice. Yeah. And then two, I've found that like, I'm a much better mom when I'm taking care of myself, when I'm Dude. doing things that I love, because they give me more energy. Like they yeah. fuel me up to then have more patience to be more present in the moment right. versus just going through the motions with my kids. Yeah. Which it can yeah. be like when you're doing from career, now you're doing your mom job and then right. it's start over again. Right. So right. it's worth right. it. It's, it's much better when you don't try Absolutely. to give all yourself. It might sound counterintuitive to like not give all yourself to your children, but yeah. trust me. Yeah, you, sometimes it's okay. Like sometimes when Stephen comes in, you know, from work, I might be like, look, I just, I need a break. And I may just leave the house and go walk Target. Okay. And that is self-care. Target is self-care. I'm not, that's a whole episode. <laughs> right. Target is self. And I may come back empty handed and he might be like, well, you know, look, I just needed to go get away. Why is it like that at Target? It's like when I, I go there and I just walk the aisles, like my heart is full. 
I ain't even got to buy nothing. Right. And so it's just but, but being able to, you know, stand up and tell your husband or tell your family, whoever's helping you support your family. Like, I just need a moment away and don't feel guilty for that either. I really want to say this to moms because, you know, the mom guilt is real. And that's something that I battle. Feel it. Yeah. Don't feel guilty when you need to take a moment. You know, I have, I have a couple of moms, their kids are older and they do like momcations. Like they'll go and get a nice hotel, you know, for the weekend or for a night and do shopping on their own. And, you know, they don't have the littles to have to do so much for, so they can can do it or, you know, but I love when moms like say what they need and Mm -hmm. make sure they get it instead of just, Oh, well, if I do that, uh, this is not going to work. And what if, what if, what, you know, and that's, that's, I I love moms who are, and it's inspiring to me when moms are bold and just say, Hey, I need, you know, today's been a long day. I just need a couple of hours to go do this. And then they go do it and don't feel bad about it. I don't care. Don't feel bad about it. Just do what you have to do. Because like you said, you're happier, you're fuller, you're more centered when you're in a good space. And I'm not only a better mom, but I'm a better wife too. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And so I think it's all about reframing those situations and like knowing that, okay, okay, I have to be an advocate for myself. Like I'm my own mom advocate sometimes. Yeah. So I have to be an advocate for myself. And instead of going down the thought pattern of, oh my gosh, should I be leaving them? Am I not yeah. supporting them right now? Cause I'm going away for a day or a right. hours even, or an hour right. to go to Target. Like no reframing it into, this is going to help fuel me so that when I come back to them, I can give them all of me and exactly. not give them little broken pieces okay. of a disheveled right. mother. That's so true. Broken so. Pieces. <laughs> that's what it is when you when you're off that's you're just picking up little scrounges and giving it to them and kids feel that energy. they feel it they feel that energy I mean my son will come in if I'm just kind of having mom what's wrong like okay. he, will, you know, he can feel that I know and I'm just like first of all I'm mommy to you okay this mom thing is we've got to do something about this <laughs> but secondly just the fact that he'll come in and, and it'll really be on days where I'm just kind of you know you know hyped up about something and he can feel that energy you know we've got to be Thank mindful you. of what we pour into our kid the world is already going to be tough enough for them so I really want to pour healthy things into my kids and not my issues I don't want to pass that down you know it's so crazy how they can pick up on things I think a lot of reasons because they're just so pure yeah Um, they don't have all of these external you know impacts to how they think and like they just have an openness to sensing things like because my daughter will be do the same thing she'll be like are you okay or what's wrong and I'm like no I'm not but I'm not gonna tell that to you (laughs) (laughs) There's one thing I want to talk about because it's an important topic to me. And I think I've seen you talk about it before. Mm -hmm. So Haley has like beautiful skin, but I know you've talked about before that you haven't always been comfortable in your own Mm -hmm. skin and like loving your Mm -hmm. skin tone and all that. Can you talk about how you went through that journey and how you became to like come to a place where you actually love it? Yeah. So, you know, one thing that is unfortunate and it's in a lot of communities, but I'm black. So I got to speak to the black. Right is the issue of colorism, right? And so, you know, colorism for people who may not know is the, you know, just differences in perspective and treatment about complexions of skincare. So darker skin tones are not are often, you know, or more, I think it's getting better now, to be honest with you, it but is. Yeah. we're not always looked at as beautiful, not always looked at as desirable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, jokes were made about how black you oh, were yeah. and all that kind of stuff, you know, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I remember it's funny because most of my family are brown and dark. So I never knew any different. Yeah. You know, until I remember in the fourth grade, we were doing, it was one of those days where the projector was on and we had to turn the lights off. And I'll never forget someone said, no, we got to turn the lights back on because we won't be able to see Haley, mm-hmm. you know, and that was the start of, Oof you know, the root of something about you not being good enough. Yeah. Just fourth grade. I think what was that eight, nine years old? You know what I mean? I had never even thought about my skin complexion until mm-hmm. that comment was made. And that was the start of the inadequacy until honestly, about maybe five years ago, five, wow. six years ago. Yeah. That's I mean, it increasingly got better and better, but I just remember never like going through uh, high school, middle school, high school, and even sometimes in college, like having lighter skin friends or biracial friends and just mm-hmm. always feeling like they were prettier than me. Yeah. They were more desirable than me. Um, even like, you know, the nineties and the two thousands, the video girls, they always look, they all look the same. Right. <laughs> so, 
So that didn't help at all. But um, but I think in recent years, I also think what's happened maybe with as social media has grown and as people have been more open to talking about those things is that's that's been talked about yeah. very boldly, you know, and there's been a lot of awareness brought to colorism and the root. I mean, a lot of people don't know that colorism is rooted in slavery. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? There was a need get the, the house slaves versus the field slaves. And that, I mean, that was almost always a coat, I mean, a complexion thing, you know? So, so those things um, were always, you know, they came from a very ugly place, you know, and we just yeah. were unfortunate enough to keep that in our, in just in our culture. But I think we've gotten a lot better now. And, and honestly, what changed it is marrying somebody. Well, what helped, I think, completely eradicate it because it got better and better, right? Just, you know, as I got older, but marrying somebody that was several shades lighter than me and just the way he loved me and didn't care about that. And, and it didn't, I shouldn't say that. I think that just solidified it because that was right. a was dating, you know, mm-hmm. you know, being pretty for a dark skinned girl or mm-hmm. I talk to you, but I don't talk to dark skinned girl, you know, all that kind of stuff is stuff that you hear as a dark skinned girl coming up, trying to, you know, when you want to date and if you like a boy and in, in the yep. school and all that kind of stuff. So I definitely would get better and better. I started to learn, you know, what kinds of things um, enhanced my skin complexion with the makeup front and yeah. wearing colors. I mean, I didn't even want to wear bright colors for a long time because <sighs> I thought they were darker. It was just so bad, just so much unnegative, unhealthy stuff enrooted in my mind. But just the way my husband loves me and had loved me and just the type of talk that he would talk about. I, I don't know that just, it was already getting better, but that just put the crust on top of it, you so know, sweet. and seeing myself with a lighter skin guy that, I mean, that just, it was just, I don't know. It was just weird, not weird, but it's just weird that it turned out that way because yeah. I had that kind of complex. Mm-hmm. You know? It all um, came together. Like God used him to help yeah that yeah absolutely absolutely so now I'm just such a but now it's so different because honey we always you know melanin is you know it's the thing all now. Of the <laughs> yeah all of its shades melanin is celebrated and honored and if you know some of these rappers come out talking about that stuff and social media will get on them right you know? like right. Will get, you will get canceled <laughs> right, right you know so, and I think people are just open, like, you know, and you got to watch it even in like families, you can see, you know, certain preferences. And I think people are more open to being like, no, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. You know, or mm-hmm. I saw something on social media where a little girl like felt like she was ugly, you know, and I think she was in her hair care stylist chair and she was like, I'm ugly. And it was just, she just started crying. And I don't know if it was a skin complexion issue or not, but yeah. we're just in this space now where we, it's all about loving yourself and yes. loving the skin that you're in and loving where you come from. It may not be perfect, but this is you. And this is what God created you, who God created right. you in the space he created you to be in and to embrace it. And so I think we're just in such a, even though certain things about today's times are not so great. I think that right. the self-love and just the loving, That's I think a we're positive. in a better space that, for us to be in now. So now I don't have those issues at all. It was a long time coming. And, you know, I, I always say, if I ever have a daughter that is of my complexion or anywhere close, there's just certain things we're going to pour into her really early, yep. so early on, you know, and not that my parents didn't do that, but like I said, it wasn't even a thing until a comment was made to me in elementary school. So just being, getting her prepared for just cruel people, because I, I don't think I was really prepared all the time for cruel people. Right. And so that was, that was huge when that, when that hit and I just didn't really know how to handle it. And it stuck with me for years until, you know, find God probably finally broke that yoke, you know? Yeah. And again, bringing it back to like your worth, you're yeah. worthy because of your, you being a child of God has nothing to do with the way that you look and, then, nothing. and his yeah. creation is beautiful period. So I mean, other people, and I think I like the aspect of like preparing your kids for the the cruelties of the world. Like everybody's not going to like you. Right. Who cares? Like that's not your business. Yeah. A term I'm hearing now, like that's God, that's God's business. That's God's business. That's right. Not your business. (laughs) Like, so don't even entertain those comments and those thoughts. But I think it's important to, especially, I mean, this is, I feel like all moms need to pour into their kids. But like from, you know, women of color like us, like even with my kid, like my daughter, I'm always trying to tell her how beautiful her hair is because she's not a lot around a lot of kids all the time that have hair like her. Like it's usually like maybe straighter hair and, you know, it's not kinky and curly. Like Mm. my daughter's, I'm always telling her because I, she even looked in the mirror one time, like, I don't know, but you tell like, she was like, I don't know about this. Like, why is my hair so big? Like, what is it like this? I'm like, your hair is beautiful. And I'll just keep telling her stuff like that. But the little comments too, you know, 
know from like the colorism aspect is I even remember like especially you talked about makeup and like finding the right makeup like I remember going to like a makeup store before this is like probably in like the like mid like probably 2007 2008 and I was like oh I love this color it it was like a purple you know back then Mm. it was like kind of stylish to do a lot of colors like I don't really do that now but like I'm more neutral golden tones (laughs) but I had this purple eyeshadow that I wore a lot because I just loved how it looked on my skin I remember the makeup artist was like oh really I was like she was like that does look good on your skin she was like Mm -hmm. I would have never thought but why? Yeah. Because why? I have brown skin and right. I wouldn't look good. Like, right. just yeah. a little, like we call them microaggressions that That's you right. get from that. But it's really bad just within the Black culture. Like, it, we're getting yeah. better, but there's still yeah. like this disparity. And like you said, it's rooted in slavery. But I'm glad, like you said, that we're coming out of that. And I think it's good for moms to just remember to encourage and speak life into your kids yeah. um, so that they yeah. know who they are and prepare them, like you said, for the comments. Absolutely. 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 And don't um, you know, because I think kids can come from the same family and have different complexions. I mean, that's just black. I mean, I think that's black people. I mean, that's just how it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our genes do some really amazing things. And so just don't accidentally find yourself, you know, because I think that's what's happened sometimes. And like, not so much, maybe not so much our generation of parenting, but like right. parents and grandparents, you mm-hmm. know, they act, you know, whether they mean to or not, you know, I've had people say that they felt like they were treated differently from their grandparents oh, yeah. than maybe someone of another complexion. And so that's, not, I think we owe it to ourselves to make sure we don't accidentally slide into that right. way, of thinking, you know, or, or even if you don't think that just saying certain things like, okay, well, you want to wear this color shirt and you want to wear that. Well, that looks great in your complexion. Like be mindful of that. Just saying that to one kid and maybe not the next because right. then she's thinking, well, I guess it doesn't look good on me. You know, just, I mean, so minor things that may not even have, you know, a bad intention, mm-hmm. but can set, you know, can build a root in, in that child yeah. and make him or her feel inadequate. And they you don't know? forget it. But yeah, it's Never funny forget. you said that. Cause like, that's how we are with my, I have two other siblings and we're all different colors. Like mm-hmm. nobody is the same color. So right. it's just like, you don't know what's going to come out, but it is a pretty cool thing about like my husband always says about black people is like, we make every color on the spectrum. You do. Like yeah, you we do. really do. You just don't know. <laughs> like you just don't know what's going to come until it comes. <laughs> You know, like my, you know, my son has my husband's complexion completely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll get a little chocolate princess. A chocolate diva. You know, <laughs> way, you know, it's just but like, we don't know. Yeah. What she's going to come out like. If it's yeah. a girl. <laughs> um, so I love, you know, we talked about your, how your husband, how God used your husband to help you like build who you are. I mean, that story just touched my heart, but speaking of husbands, like I know for me, like for being ambitious, wanting to do all the things. Like mm-hmm. it's something that I have to be more mindful of about now that like, yeah, I have this podcast. I want to start blogging too. I want to build a platform. Yeah, I want to minister to women and moms, but like, I can't forget about my husband. Like that's right. the most important relationship that I have. Um, so it's something that I've had to be more mindful about. And um, if you could just share how you tried to make that a priority with all of the other responsibilities that you have yeah. on your plate. Yeah, so definitely, you know, I think, and it's so easy to to, to accidentally forget about your husband because he's wrong. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, if I miss this, he can find himself something to eat or- right. <laughs> And that's so bad because, you know, men- and, and I don't know how your husband is, but my husband is really chill and laid back. So he's not going to really complain about it. But I still want to be that that wife that cooks for her husband a few Aww, times. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to mm-hmm. make sure he has clean clothes and, you know, so I still want to do all the wife things as well. Um, and I think just, you know, really being mindful. I think that's that's when it comes to because I'm a planner. That's one thing that I try to do, like look at my days and like, okay, I know Wednesday and Thursday, I'm gonna have a late day doing this. Or a lot of times I do my blog stuff on Sundays, you know what I mean? Because it's a quiet day. He's right. All he can watch the kid, you He's know, distracted. Yeah. <laughs> so trying to plan ahead and we plan our meals a lot of times too. So I know these days are the days that I'm cooking, you know, as long as nothing happens. Or um, one thing that we have said we're gonna get back to is dating because. We just be so busy, the both of us, that we went to a winery out here not long ago. And I think that was our first date in probably a few months. And and it just, we just, it's just like the days just go and you don't realize like, man, we haven't stepped out by ourselves in a while. So we said we were going to at least do a date once a month, you know, and call a sitter that we ain't gonna worry about that he's in good hands yeah we're not gonna find all the reasons why we can't do it we're just gonna do it that's so important you know but um but just in my husband like I said he's not a complainer he's so he one thing I love about him that's very different than me is that he's a very versatile person 
he's not mm. structured like me. You know what I mean? Right. So we're really different. So he can adapt to whatever the situation is. He's not, he doesn't complain very much. I mean, it's got to be something that's really uncomfortable for him to actually say yeah. something bad about it, you know? But what that can do is that can make me, that can make a person complacent if you're not careful because yep. they're not thinking about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so that's one thing that I try to be mindful of. It's like, just because he's not saying anything about a home cooked meal or whatever, like just be mindful of the things that your husband enjoys, whatever it is that he likes. Whatever right? he enjoys. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, his heart. Yeah. Right. So I know if I just get him something on the table two, three times a week. And we, one thing about us is that we don't have many gender roles in our marriage. I mean, there's certain things like he's does yeah. the trash and outdoor things. I do a lot of the laundry, but when it comes to like the cooking and the cleaning and, and certain things with Camden, we're, we're 50. You know, there's some days where it's off balance, but we strive, oh, yeah. To, yeah. you know, so, you know, just, so he's not always expecting me to cook every single meal. Thank God. Right. But, <laughs> but, um, that I still want to be that wife that can, you know, su- support and cater to my husband, you know? And so that's important and just simple stuff. Like, how was your day? You know, like sometimes you, you walk in and getting the kids together. Right. And- hey, and the, right it's like you, right. you know so just asking like how was your day or like dur- throughout the day I'll send him a message how's your day going you know he, he works in a um he's in education so yeah are the kids acting today or what's <laughs> so just asking him thoughtful questions so he knows that I care about his well-being and what's going on um we pray together at night as well so wow. just you know, even though he prays separately, I pay separately. And that's just how it is in marriage. We always make sure we come together, whether it's praying with Camden, because I'm usually the one to put him to sleep. So if he's busy, then me and Camden may just say prayers and then we'll come in and do our prayers together. So that's something that we do. Um, but I think when, when you choose as an ambitious woman, it's OK to be ambitious, but you you just don't don't assume that just because your husband is grown, you you can neglect him. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. You have to be mindful. You know, he is grown. Yes. And if push comes to shove, yes, he can take care of himself. But men like to be taken care of and supported and appreciated as well. And so in all of our glory with, with the things that we want to do, we can't forget about that integral part of taking care of home. You know, that's good. So that's that's one of the things that I try to do is just be my try to plan ahead and be mind, being mindful. Yeah. You're just, you're intentional about it, which I think is important because if you're not, like you said, it's really easy for it to go to the wayside. And like you said too, it really, the other influence to that is like your husband's personality. Like, mm-hmm. especially if you're laid back and you don't really say much, like you're just going with the flow. Like, you know that about them. Like, Oh, he's good. He's good. Right. Like with my husband, I was like, Oh, well he's like, he's pretty like simple and like what he needs. Like he's, he's like low maintenance to me in my opinion. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, he's low maintenance. He doesn't need a lot for me. Right. I mean, like he's independent. He's confident. Yeah. Like he yeah. good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Exactly. No, no, no. You, you still have to show yeah. up. Like, gotta so. show up. Gotta show yeah. up. Yeah. So I'm glad you shared that um, with you me. That I also do. This is, and some people might find this weird, but I always ask God to shake things up if we get uncom- get too comfortable with each other. Yeah. And a lot of times that comes in the form of an argument. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I'm just like, Lord, I don't ever want us to get so comfortable in our marriage. You know, I hear people saying, you know, the kids go away to college and then they look at each other, they look at their spouse and they're like, who are you? (laughs) You know, and I don't want that. (laughs) But I can see how that can happen because you get so engrossed in the kids and what the household needs and your jobs and and you kind of put your marriage last on accident it's not intentional but it's never intentional usually but yeah so I always ask God I'm like Lord if we are getting off center from you or if we are just unbalanced shake some stuff up and bring us back bring us back so typically that's in the form we don't argue a whole lot but when we do we're just like okay you know something right we need to Bring it back to, to, to where we are. And I will say God always, he's good about answering that prayer because we'll, we'll would have gone so well and we'll have a random argument about something. We're like, whoa, where did that come from? And yeah. there's usually something that's off. It's, and the, yeah, it's something underneath that has kind of been going under the surface that maybe hasn't been addressed. So yeah. I'm glad you shared that too. And I'll share just the fact that like even recently, just to have the full openness, like my husband and I started going to marriage counseling for that mm-hmm. reason, because it felt like it was kind of like getting this kind of disconnection and like not... Yeah prioritizing the marriage and like seriously it's like little like you just said sometimes it's like just very basic things 
that have yeah. such a huge impact on like bringing you back together and yeah. creating that connection. So don't That's also be great. afraid to like reach out to support if you need that Absolutely. as well too. Cause sometimes it's hard to see um, when you're in it versus yeah. like on the outside, you can be like, Oh, if you just tweak this a little bit, like things right. are going to go better for y'all. So like, don't give up on that piece of it. Even yeah. though sometimes it can feel like really hard. Like, I don't need, I'm not connecting to this person. Like, is this right? Yeah. And it's like, just seek out help to help get you back in alignment if you're not able to do that, you know, on your own. So. Absolutely. And that's so good to mention, because I was telling a friend yesterday, you know, you're married, but you're still two different individuals. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, two became one, but you're still two different individuals. And God is doing different things with both parties at different times. So there <laughs> may be times where you're just naturally not connected. And it doesn't mean mm-hmm. like marriage is in shambles, but right. it does mean that you may have to do a little work to try to get back to center. I keep saying that. I know that's like probably the theme of this whole podcast. Yeah. Me, but, but really get back, you know, to, to balance because every, you know, you're married. Yes. You're building this life together. Yes. But you're still two different people experiencing different things, you know, and mm-hmm. we grow. We're, my husband and I are not the same people that we were seven years ago, eight years ago, exactly. we dating, five years ago, when we first got married. Like God is growing and developing each of us in some ways together, but in a lot of ways, individually, you know, mm-hmm. there may be a need to be intentional about getting to know who your husband is now or yep. how he reacts to this, or maybe he thought something five years ago about that, but now he feels differently, right. you know, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think sometimes life gets so busy that we forget to just sit down and talk. You know that, what I mean? Good conversation that we know how they feel or they assume how nobody's a mind reader in marriage, you know, and, and you're right. If, if you can't just get, you know, if you can't find the, 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 I guess the compromise or just the solution together, I'm such a big ma- proponent of marriage counseling. I have friends that go every, you know, if, even if nothing's going on, yep. they'll go every six months just for a check. <laughs> right. You know? I've had somebody give me that advice. They're like, it's like a car. Like you don't wait till something's broke before you go do maintenance. Right. Like I recommend that people, that all married couples go to counseling, even if there's no significant issues going on. Right. So I'm glad right. you shared that too. And the other thing is like, you're both evolving. Like hopefully yeah. you're growing. Yeah, and evolving. Right? That's the goal, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's like getting to know how you guys work together through that evolution. Right. And I just love the, the concept of like the commitment and not giving up just because things feel bad. And a lot of times, like you said, like, you know, the whole shambles thing, like it can literally feel like you're married really in can. shambles, but if you could yes. just tweak some things and make some adjustments, you can get back to center, like right. you said. Right. And sometimes right. that's kind of like an ongoing process. Like you'll be doing good for a couple months and then you got to recalibrate right. and that's the journey. Like, so not that's thinking great. that like we fix something and now we're not going to have any more issues. Yeah. Like, it don't work like dream. that. Not at all. So there's, I mean, there was so much wisdom in this conversation. I'm so glad that you were on the podcast today. Like, I'm just, yeah, I miss you. I I miss you too. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, um, work together, everybody. I know maybe we'll get on some kind of assignment together. Yeah. Neely and I work for the same place, but I'm just in different locations. So I'll ask everybody on the podcast what their favorite scripture is right now. Something that they're really leaning on that's helping them. Mm -hmm. So if you could just share that with us as we wrap all this up. Yeah. So I have two, one of them is all of Psalms 139, (laughs) the whole thing, the whole thing. Because I love, you know, David's plea to God, you know, um, in search me and know me, like you've known me from when you put me together, my mother's when you know everything about me. And I think sometimes on this journey of life, motherhood, when you're feeling misunderstood, when you're feeling not seen, when you're feeling under the radar, knowing that God knows you in the way that you are probably wanting other people to know you or understand you and knowing that sometimes that's enough. Most of the time, all the time it's enough, but just knowing the beauty and the fact that God created you, God knows you that way. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you may be looking for your husband to know you that way or your coworker or your child, whatever the case, whoever, you know, they're not there yet, but God is find that, find that, find that, that peace in that God knows you that way. And in those relationships or wherever you're trying to go with those other people, it'll get there. But, you know, like I found myself sometimes wanting my husband to know me in ways that only God can, right. you know what I mean? And, and God will get him there and vice versa probably too, but I can't expect my husband to, to know me like God does. Yeah, you, you can't know? put that on people. No, you can't, you know, but I just love the, just the, the passion in Psalms 139. Um, and it just helps me kind of refocus on the fact that only God can know me in that way. And that's totally. who yeah. I should 
asking to be known by in that way only by God. I think so that's, that's so good because I yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but like so many people, and I felt like this before too, like I remember feeling in motherhood, just feeling unseen sometimes. Like, yeah. does anybody see like the soul that I'm like right. outpouring to all yeah. of this? Like, it feels like nobody sees me. Right. Um, I know they see some stuff, but like, just so then coming back to that, I love that. Like knowing yeah. that, yeah, someone does see you and they see yeah. all of you. They see so all just of sit you. in that for a minute. <laughs> right. Right. And so that's just so fulfilling. And then the second one is Psalms 138 and eight. And it's, I really like the way the new King James version reads. And it says that the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Mm. And as a person that is a worrier, that's a natural worrier and anxiety, you know, anxiety kind of ridden person or just worrying about all the things. How are all the things going to fall into place? How are, you know, how am I going to make sure this is taken care of? That's taken care of, or my kid's sick. What am I going to do? You know, Mm -hmm. just knowing that the Lord is going to perfect everything that concerns me, you know, is going to be okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. Anytime I get to feeling a little shaken up about the unknown, that I that is a that is a backbone scripture for me that the Lord is going to concern that perfect, not not just take care of. He's going to perfect because he's the only way to be perfect anyways. He's going to perfect the things that which concern me. So that's been a huge one for me to lean on as well yeah, to help settle in my spirit. And just also get back to faith, you know, get back to trusting God to do the things that I need him to do and the things that I don't even know that I need him to do, you know, because I'm so busy trying to maybe try to do it on my own. That's been heavy on my spirit lately. That's good. And I I mean, I just, just a shout out to David (laughs) because he was so vulnerable. Okay. He's been going through some things. Always. He was always going through some things. Always popping to something, but. God used it for his glory and for the rest of ours. And and I I really feel like he has some of the best stories and sayings from the scriptures to to really help support us and carry us here now. Yeah. And that intimacy with God. um, I like that it talks about, and I like how, I just love how God gives us, he'll give us something to stand on, but it's not the whole story. Like, I don't know how he's going to perfect the concerns of my heart. Maybe he'll take them off from me. Maybe he'll give me an outlet. Um, maybe he'll fix what's going on that's causing a problem, but like yeah. just knowing that he's gonna, knowing the end result is that he's gonna right. take care of you. He's going to do it, leaving yeah. the how to him. Yep. <laughs> so it's for us to be faithful, like we don't need to know everything. You know, there's a scripture, and I think it's John 13 and seven that talks about this. Is another one that I love that Jesus replied, "You don't understand what I'm doing now, but you will later." He's talking mm-hmm. to his disciples at the time, but but you know us, we, we we're in this time and wanting to know everything and guys like you don't need to know everything right. i need you to lean on me that's the whole point of you leaning on me i need to see that faith from you you know right. and um and and i think that's so important so so yeah the scriptures really have a way of just providing that support that you just need enough yeah to get that to get back there to get yourself back healthy spiritually healthy this is so good. Okay. So where can everybody find you on like your blog, your socials, yeah. all that stuff? So my blog is I am Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-Y-J.com. Got to spell it. Cause that's, you know, often misspelled. Um, I am Haley J.com. And my Instagram is blogger mama Haley J. So those are the two primary places that you can find me. Um, sharing blog content on the blog. I'm on my Instagram pretty, pretty, pretty regularly, several mm-hmm. times a week, um, posting there and my stories there. So that is where you can find the platform, the blog, the brand, and and keep up with what I got going on over there. Well, I'm sure everybody's gonna just, I mean, just eat up this episode. It's so good. It's so relatable. It's so powerful. So we appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Haley. Thank you, Stacey. All right. Man, that was so good. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Please make sure you connect with Haley on all the platforms where she hangs out. And I would appreciate it if you can come join me on this journey of motherhood. Also in all the other spaces that I hang out on at Facebook, you can join the Facebook group, Faithful Mom Boss. You can also catch me on Instagram at Stacey Michelle McCray. And that's where I share a lot of content there on motherhood faith fitness and personal finance and where I also share the latest episodes whenever they drop. Um, I look forward to meeting with you every week from here on out. If you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review just explaining why you're enjoying the podcast 
And also, if you know another mom out there who could use the encouragement and support and all the tools that we share here, please share the link of the podcast with her so that she can join in on all the goodness. I hope you have one amazing week. I hope you have a great new year and I hope you keep your eyes, your thoughts and your heart focused on God and that you live relentlessly and that you just step into who you are and know that you're worthy of the calling. You're worthy of the calling of motherhood and all the things.